This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Tottenstown. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Titans Time. I'm Tanner Staggs, and I'm here with my brother, Tyler Staggs. Before we get into the show, I want to let you know where you can find us on social media. The ones that we are most active on, on Twitter, it's going to be Titans underscore time, and that is hands down the one that we're on the most, and the one that we interact with fans with on the most. And then we're on Facebook as well, and that's Titans Time. And then on Instagram, it's Titans Time Podcast. Tyler, why don't you let everybody know what they can do to help support the podcast? If you want to support the podcast, if you're on the podcast apps, go subscribe, rate us five stars. We really appreciate it. And leave us some comments and some questions. Guys, we need some interaction on there. We need some questions to answer because, let's be honest, right now, at least for another month, is still a dead period. I mean, we're waiting on training camp to start up. So leave us some questions and some comments so that we can answer them or comment on them on our next show. If you're watching on YouTube, go down. Hit that little red subscribe button. Turn it gray. You see a little bell beside it. Hit that so you never miss when we upload another video. Like the video. Share the video. And same thing there. Go leave us some comments, some questions. We like all the interaction. Yeah, we definitely want to see some things uh, down in the comments and on social media. Wherever, uh, leave a review if you're on podcast apps. Uh, We want to see what you want to hear because we don't want, just want to be talking about something that nobody wants to hear. Nobody wants to listen to, especially when it's in a dead period and it, there's not necessarily things coming out that we could talk about that are like relevant news right now. Um, so we'd rather talk about what you want to hear about rather than stuff. That's things that we're coming up with and maybe you want to hear about it. Maybe you don't. And um, guys, I mean, really, if you like the video, you like the content that we're putting out, go and hit the like button because that shows us that you really do like what we're putting out. Um, So in this episode uh, this week, we're going to be talking about the AFC South, kind of giving an overview of it, uh, talking about all the teams, who's the biggest threat to the Tennessee Titans this season, um, and then just kind of going into their additions over the off season. And really, like I said, just an overview. um, And I guess kind of sort of predictions and just kind of our personal opinions on these teams and what they're looking like with the Titans included, obviously. Before we get into that, is there anything, I mean, do you have anything aside from the AFC South stuff that we're going to be talking about? I don't actually. Uh, I don't know if you have anything I didn't know. Else. I was going to ask you. I don't, I mean. No, I mean, like you said, there's not a lot going on right now. 
I do remember seeing something about uh, Delaney Walker talking about how he thinks Ferkser is ready to take over the tight end one role for the Titans. Uh, you know, it's been a couple days since I've read up on that, so and a couple days has happened since then. So, you know, obviously had a lot more going on, can't remember everything, but he did say that, you know, he thinks Ferkser's ready for that tight end one role. And I, I think that's, for the most part, how everyone feels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can get in there and do. I think it's going to be mostly like I don't know if he's going to be like like tied in one like the guy that's out there catching all the passes. But as far as like the tight end by committee that I think they're going to be doing, I definitely think he's going to be like the head of the snake. And almost forgot one more thing. Don't know if you've seen it or not. I can't remember if it was on his Instagram or. Twitter something, but Caleb Farley tweeted out a picture of him back in college going up, breaking up a pass or intercepting it, and said, three back. So, obviously a lot of people are looking at that and thinking, okay. Maybe this guy, maybe maybe he's cleared. Maybe he's cleared now. Maybe he's going to be out there in training camp actually on the field going through stuff. So, All speculation, I mean... You know, but it definitely sounds like he might be back. And if he's not back, then we know he's one of those dudes that's always posting like vague stuff on social media, and you never know what to think about it. I'm, I mean, it's kind of that way anyway, yeah. right now, because like you said, it's all speculation. Or you know, I seen where someone commented that okay, we now know that his experimental back surgery went well, and he has three spines. <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember who that was on Twitter, but. Credit to you on that. I thought it, was it took funny. me a second to get that, but that's that pretty <laughs> funny. Um, so let's get into the AFC South. Talk about them a little bit. Um, and I ju- this is just the team that I started writing my notes on first. But uh, so I don't really know. There's no rhyme or reason to the order in which I'm talking about these teams. But the Jacksonville Jaguars is kind of who I wanted to get at first, just because to me they're kind of I don't know. I guess the most exciting as far uh, besides the Titans, as far as what they've done in the off season and some of the new faces that they have on the team. Okay. I can, I can say that. Not as far as like, they're going to be the most exciting out on the field, but there's definitely a lot to kind of unpack there with the Jaguars. You know, you've got uh, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne first and foremost that have come out of the draft, kind of really changing that offense. And obviously just, Coming out of the draft, just kind of the consensus is that, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is one of the best quarterbacks that has came into the NFL in probably uh, how long? I mean, you know, several the past several years at least. I mean, that's what they're thinking, but there's several of these guys that they've hyped up before, you know, coming into the draft before the season starts, and then all of a sudden you get out there and, you know, like this guy was a great college quarterback. But then he gets to the NFL, and that's not the case. Granted, that could be because of maybe the team that he goes to. Do I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be just a huge bust? No. I mean, I I think he's going to translate pretty well to the NFL. I mean, he's got the size. He's got, I believe, the arm talent for it. But you do have to wonder if he's actually going to have the pieces around him for Jacksonville. And you have... Urban Meyer, who is now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's just kind of like, okay, he was successful as a college coach, but there's also been several college coaches 
that have went to the NFL and that success does not translate <laughs> to the NFL. So I think it kind of, I guess in a way to rephrase what you said, uh, and, and because this is kind of the way that I've been feeling as people have talked about Trevor Lawrence and as people have uh, kind of looked at him as just, you know, he's going to, who whatever team he goes to, he's going to turn them around. Like almost, it just seems like everyone thinks immediately. And I mean, people obviously know that that's not going to happen. He's not going to come in and win a Super Bowl with a team that was bad enough to have the number one pick. Right. Um, and I also think it, it's not fair to Trevor Lawrence to just be like, he's going to come in and, and literally be the next Peyton Manning, next Tom Brady, right off the bat as soon as he comes in. Because odds are he's going to have a decent rookie season and go through some growing pains. And yes, maybe he does end up developing into that guy, but who knows? A hot take. I don't believe he's going to be the best rookie quarterback. No, I don't think so either. I think that, uh, Zach, in my opinion, Zach Wilson is going to be the guy that's going to come out and be the at the end of this season, he's going to be the guy with the best numbers and the guy that people are saying, okay, there's Trevor Lawrence and he had a decent rookie season. Definitely respectable, but look at Zach Wilson over here who did you know kind of like a, what Justin Herbert did last season and – I mean, you know, he doesn't. He's he's not. He's just like Trevor Lawrence is not coming into the best situation. But in my opinion, I, I think Zach well, Wilson, dude, he's uh, good. One of the guys that I think could be set up for success. I don't know when he will actually, because we know that Trevor Lawrence, more than likely, even though that they said that he didn't have the best mini camp, and you know they're not officially naming him the starter yet. Everyone assumes that. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the day one starter for the Jaguars. Zach Wilson, I think a lot of people pretty much just assume he's going to be the day one starter for the Jets. Now, guy that I'm kind of thinking of may not be a day one starter, but could have, you know, as far as top weapons and on the other side of the ball, a defense that is not terrible. Are we thinking is, Trey Lance here? No. Justin Fields. Just hey, you know, I, I'm definitely with that. I I I like him. I like a lot of the quarterbacks that are coming out, honestly. Um I, I just think that he could maybe be set up in the best position. I, I'm definitely with that. And I also think Trey Lance is also kind of a sleeper there. So it I think it's kind of interesting now that we're like looking at this, it's definitely not just marked in you know, that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the best rookie quarterback this season. Right, because, you know, there's going to be things that are out of his control. I mean, these other guys have, aside from nothing against the Jets, want to throw that out there right quick, but they don't really have that top name like wide receiver or tight end. Then, but you look at like San Francisco, you got George Kittle. Exactly, You got yeah. Debo Samuel. You know, you have some of these guys. Then you look at the Bears. You have Allen Robinson. Um, their running back is slipping my mind right now. Um, David Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery. Then Dude that won me – got me into the play. <laughs> won me a lot of games in fantasy football last year. But then you go to, like, the Jaguars, and, yes, you have Chark. You have Marvin Jones now. And you have James Robinson, who – you know, you got to wonder how he's feeling. He comes in his rookie season, has a really good year, and then they turn around the next year and draft another running back in the first round. All I'm going to say about that is 
that ETN is working out a lot at wide receiver. And it's looking like he really might be – I don't know for sure, but he's definitely getting a lot of work there. But I, I definitely see what you're saying. Like, if I was James Robinson, I would be like, okay, are we going to – am I about to be splitting carries? Because he, he was playing good last season. Right. And I, I don't think he would even be opposed to, like, you know, say James Robinson, instead of having that whatever 20 to 25 carry workload, maybe dropping back to that, like, 15 and then – on the upper end 20 workload, give a couple to ETN, see if he can break something out, and then work him also as a wide receiver, almost like a hybrid. I don't know how that's going to work out because I I just am not like a big fan of drafting somebody and then just that has played one one position in college really and it really shined at it. Right. Like if they've been moving around in college and that's their thing, like, okay, More so be it. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. But like drafting somebody that has sh- really shined at a – at a position in college and then just moving them to something else. I, right. It I mean, just doesn't. It, and another, you know, yes, Chark, I feel like he's a. I yeah. say that. And then also the Titans are almost kind of doing the same thing with Darrington Evans, working him at wide, not as much as ETN, but working him at wide receiver a little bit. But didn't he, he, I, he played slot wide receiver played, a little bit in college. Like that was part of and, his thing. But, you know, I'm looking at the Jaguars and there's no one that really like, scares me on their offense that would be a weapon for Lawrence. Whereas when you look at, you know, just talking about these other rookie quarterbacks still, you look at the Bears and Allen Robinson, if Justin Fields gets out there, okay, that's one of the better receivers in the league. You know, I would say top 15. Yeah, sure, yeah. Possibly yeah. top 10. And then you go to San Francisco and you have – one of the three best tight ends yeah, for sure. in the league. And then you look at the Jaguars and you're like, okay, they got Tim Tebow out there at <laughs> tight end. And, you know, look, nothing against Tebow. Yeah, I to like me, him. I didn't even throw Tebow like on my – I'm not <laughs> expecting him to make the roster. Right. You know, I don't have a problem with the guy. I'm pretty sure you don't have a problem with the guy. I, you know, we, we like him. But let's be honest. He's either not going to make the roster or if he does – you know, it's not like he's just going to be a... He might block on field, like, right. field goal and point after. I, I don't think he's going to be just an awesome tight end <laughs> in the league. Like, I just I don't see it. Well, if, if he would have came out of college and actually tried to make that switch when he was young, but say, in the best shape of his life, that, maybe... Okay, that I'm not going to say that he would have been like a great tight end, but maybe there's a chance at that point I, that... I'm just going to say the whole best shape of his life comment, that could be maybe debatable. <laughs> well, I just feel like coming out of like four years at, or how now, many, however many years he played. Football shape, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like coming out of however many years he stayed at Florida, I can't even remember. Coming out of that many years at Florida, you know, his life basically was football. And then, of course, he's had all of his other endeavors since he, since he, uh, I guess, got out of the NFL or whatever the last time. Um, but like, I just feel like he would have been better suited to try to make that switch back then. Right. I, I agree with that. Um, so anyways, the what what I kind of have on here is like their biggest additions for this offseason, Shaquille Griffin, which has been a really solid guy for the Seahawks. They signed him to a three-year $40 million deal. And I put that on here because I think that's kind of significant. I believe they overpaid for him. I mean, it's a little bit on the expensive side, but – they had one of the worst defenses in the league last year. So they they kind of had to go out and do something. Maybe that was one of the only guys 
that they could get necessarily to be interested in coming. And he was like, you know, you, you got to at least throw a little bit of extra money out there. I don't know, but he's definitely not a bad player. And to me, he, I think he's going to plug in there on the defense, you know, pretty decently. Um, and then Marvin Jones, which to me, like, yeah, they don't necessarily have that guy that's like an Allen Robinson or like a standout, obviously. But DJ Chark is definitely solid. And then Marvin Jones, and I think that having those two as a combination is going to be not the greatest situation for Trevor Lawrence to be coming into, but I don't think it's the worst in the league as far as weapons for a, a rookie quarterback to be coming into. And then obviously he's got some chemistry with Travis Etienne, so I threw him on there. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I think just that chemistry between Lawrence and Etienne might kind of help Etienne transition into that wide receiver role a little bit. And, you know, I mean, these dudes were probably – goofing around after practice or I would say ETN I don't know necessarily if he got like a lot of pass catching work at Clemson but even if he didn't you know that they were you know messing around after practice or something like that throwing some balls and stuff like that so they they have a little bit there in my opinion um but like I said they had one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year and other than adding Shaquille Griffin and then maybe another a couple of guys here and there um, they mostly added depth to their defense. So I don't necessarily know that you're going to see a huge improvement there. They won't be the worst defense in the league. I'm pretty confident about that. Um, they're young. They've got more depth. They added a, a good cornerback. I think they made a couple of good additions at linebacker. Um, so they'll definitely be a little bit more stout. I don't think you'll see the Titans putting up. I don't, I, especially with the moves the Titans have made, I don't think you'll see that game being like the opener last season where it was like a bazillion to bazillion. Right, and I agree. And I think that's the opener. Uh, it, the either way, it was early in the season between the Jag- I, Titans just, and the Jaguars. Let, yeah, let's just go with the early season game. Yeah, because, that, you know, it was they, high scoring. Right, uh, may have been the home opener. I think so. It, it may they, not have they, been they, the opener, but it was the home opener. For right, sure. they went and played Denver, and then that's right. That's right. Uh, I think it was. Either way, I, I can't. Either, either way, it doesn't. <laughs> but. You know, the Jaguars, even with the moves that they've made, like you said, it may help them some. I see them winning more than one game. I think this it, year. We'll, but, we'll get into that later. We'll get into games and stuff later. Uh, well, I'm just throwing this out there. Like, I see them winning more than one game, but I don't think that they've done anything so drastic that it's really going to sway the AFC South to like them. No, I mean, is, I, I think, guess the point I'm trying to get at. I think one thing, which for one, we like we were talking about earlier, they never really addressed their issue at tight end. They definitely do have an issue there. I feel like that's an important position for a rookie to come into and that position be strong because that tight end a lot of times is almost like a safety net for the quarterback. And, mm-hmm. you know, normally there's a lot of chemistry there between tight end and quarterback. It's just, to me, that's an important position to have. Um, and they, they just never really addressed that and got a guy. I mean, they added James O'Shaughnessy, which is meh. And then Tim Tebow, which I don't think will make the roster. So there's that. And then they're going to have chemistry issues because they've got all these new additions and then the young players that they're come that are, they're bringing out of the draft. So even like their veterans for the most part are guys that are coming in and this is their first year with the team, you know, like Marvin Jones and then Shaquille Griffin. I mean, they've, they, they've got Chark, but he's a younger dude. And so chemistry to me is going to be an issue overall. I think that they will be a better team, 
but they've got a long way to go before they're competing in the AFC South or anything like that. I think a realistic like expectation for them is probably somewhere on the low side, maybe like four games, and on the high side, if they have a really good season, maybe six. Yeah, I'm, I'm like in that three to six range for them. You just and, wanted to throw it out there that you think they might not win four, they might win six. No, just that's where my mindset has been. And look, I know change can sometimes help, you know, be a spark for a team and make things happen for them. But I just feel like there's too many new factors with probably a new quarterback. I only say probably probably because they haven't actually named Lawrence the starter yet. Then new head coach. Like I'm going to go out said, of limb and say that he's going to be the starter. <laughs> <laughs> but And then, like you said, bringing in these new pieces, I just feel like after the year they had last year, and doing all these things, it'll make a little difference, but it's not just going to make a huge difference. The last thing that I'm going to throw out there about the Jaguars, I hope if the Titans are looking to make a move for a backup quarterback, which I don't necessarily think they need to, but I hope if they're looking to make one, that Gardner Minshew is on their radar. (laughs) I just really hope they're looking like, you know, maybe that guy. You you just want him to bring his style to Nashville. His style – just everything, the, everything about him would boost the team, honestly, in in every single way, except for the fact that there might be a little bit of quarterback controversy if he ended up coming to town, just because, <laughs> just just because, you know, yeah. I'm just, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously he's not better than Ryan Tannehill, but uh, I hate to say this, but he, as far as you know, he's a lot cooler than Ryan Tannehill in my opinion. He's definitely not better at football, but, but, like, he's cooler. Because you have met these guys and hung out with them, and No, but really, from an outside perspective, he's definitely cooler than Ryan Tannehill. I, Ryan Tannehill is cool, but I mean, look, it's, it's, it's hard. But, look, you're, you're going off just, you know, I guess the pictures he's posting on his social medias and all this, looking at his style, everything, and then how, how do you know you could meet this guy in real life and him be the biggest jerk on the planet he might be and odds are just by the way that he actually he probably is i mean but you very you, like baker mayfield vibes from this dude i'm just saying <laughs> like uh, easy throwing that name out there we know we'll get browns fans coming out oh <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean to them seriously he is like poised for like literally might win mvp this season seriously who, for browns fans oh he, he might win MVP this season. So, anyways, Ryan Tannehill is definitely a cool – like, out of coolest quarterbacks in the league, like, he's probably in my top five rankings. But it's hard to be as cool as Gardner Minshew, especially <laughs> when you don't have the hair. So, that's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to come at Ryan Tannehill or anything. Is it I the, think he's awesome. Is it just the mullet that does it's, it? It really, it really is. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> most – I'd say that's, like, 98% of it. And then the other 2% is just, like, an unknown aura that just, like – is surrounding him. I don't know. Um, well, if you are done drooling over Gardner Minshew, all I'm saying, let, all I'm trying to say is like, there's no hate for Ryan Tannehill there. I love Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I think he's awesome. I'm glad he's the quarterback, but he would not be the coolest quarterback on the roster if Gardner Minshew <laughs> was on the team. It's all I'm saying. But now let's move on to the Houston Texans uh, because I want to save the team that can actually give the Titans a, a run for their money for last. I agree, and just to start out. We think the Texans are going to be the the at the bottom of the AFC South. 
I don't. I, I don't. I think the. I think that the Jaguars will actually. I think that there's a fifty-fifty shot between the Texans and Jaguars as far I, as like I who. See, I mean, for me personally, I could see the Texans having one of the top two picks. In the I, next draft. I, I disagree. I mean, I I seriously, as far as like throwing out a before we even talk about the guys that they've brought in, as far as throwing out like a game, like how much, how many games they might win, I put them right there with the Jaguars kind of with that like four to six range. And then if Deshaun Watson is like really on his game, bump him up to seven. But this is going to depend on if Deshaun Watson actually gets to play. Yeah. When I'm just, and I'm just kind of, I guess that's what I'm basing all of my stuff off of, even though everything that's happened with him over the last several months, haven't heard much about it here lately. Um, but obviously, we're not doing that much research. Research, research. On, yeah, research. Any, that much research on the Texans right now because we're not going into a week where we're playing them. Obviously, you know we're looking at who they've added, but I feel like things are still up in the air with Watson. So, and I just, to me, I just haven't paid a whole lot of attention to that story. Um, I guess mostly because, like you said, there hasn't really been a whole lot of buzz around it lately. Um, obviously, when it first came out, I was like, there's a really good chance that this dude does not play. Um, and then, I and like, there, to me, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know what the latest story is about it. I don't know where it's at, like, in the whole deal. Even before all that, he wanted to be traded. That's, wants, uh, that's also true. He wants out of there. So, what's so the chances who knows? that, what's the chances that even if, you know, nothing comes from all the you know accu- accusations and everything else that he just doesn't play. I guess I w- I'm just assuming, like, from the silence of the situation, that, like, maybe, you know, I feel like if the, it was in the air, like, you know, he's probably not going to play, there'd be a lot more, like, going on. I don't know. Anyways, I, this is off the assumption that he is going to play. If he doesn't play, and, you know, I guess some of their off-season moves have kind of indicated, like, maybe he's, you know, there's a shot that he won't play because, obviously, Tyra Taylor with that addition. Um, but some of their other signings that, to me, are kind of significant, Desmond King, we know a little bit about Desmond King. Uh, Philip Lindsay, also, unfortunately, know a little bit about Philip Lindsay. And then Mark Ingram, who I saw something today that was like, Mark Ingram might get cut. And I was like... That seems a little bit weird considering he's pretty solid, but he is older, so who knows. Um, and then they drafted Nico Collins, uh, the guy from Michigan, wide receiver, and Brevin Jordan, tight end. Um, both of those, to me, w- as far as the resources that they had in the draft, both of those, in my opinion, solid picks. Um, so I don't think they had a terrible off season as far as like what they could – with everything that was surrounding the team and all of that stuff and all of the changes as far as general manager, I think they did decent with what they had and their situation. Uh, their defense to me is not going to be great. Uh, Desmond King, definitely a solid sign in though for him. And then Philip Lindsay, in my opinion, pair him there with David Johnson. And I think you've got something at running back a little bit. Uh, it, it's still kind of a toss-up for me because you have these running backs that have showed, you know, flashes of being 
Uh, Philip Lindsay to me is great. Well, really good running backs in the league, but you know, I guess I don't know. Just with everything that's been surrounding them this off season, it just it throws the biggest red flags for me in the air for them, and why I think that they're just going to be a dumpster fire this year. It could be true. Um, Nico Collins to me though, kind of scary. Uh, he's super athletic. And just he could be a guy that we look back on in two years and we're like, he was an absolute steal in that draft. But you also have to wonder now who's going to step up and be that defensive leader because J.J. Watt's gone. That's true. And, you know, he – I would say it's going to be that that dude, that linebacker that they gave like a massive contract. Uh, Forget what it is. I think it's Zach Cunningham. Yes, Cunningham. Yeah, I I would say that they're depending on – it to be him. Right, but he he's going to have to step up. Exactly, that because role. I mean, because he hasn't had to fill that role yet and then also his like he was he's good, but that contract was just insane. But you know, going back to you know talking about him having to take that role, I mean, without a doubt, JJ Watts being that defensive leader. Oh yeah. Even yeah. if he wasn't out there on the field, like he was the heart and soul of that defense. I mean, just the level of intensity that he brought to everything. His, I mean, he wanted to win. And, and I mean, also, flip side of that, which I agree with you, and I think that they're losing a lot of want to and and heart and all of that stuff with J.J. Watt leaving. Like, they're they're losing that attitude that he brings to the table – Flip side of that, these dudes that were there might have just been tired of him. And, like, dude, like, this guy, I don't know. Just with the, like, but you, you see what I'm saying? I, like, I do, at but, times, J.J. Watt can almost be too much. But were they getting tired of him because he was calling them out and telling them to get their lazy asses up exactly, and actually put exactly. in the work? Because that's just holding that team, you know, your other defensive players accountable telling them, guys, y'all need to be putting in this work. I've been in this league for this many years. I still get up, do this, this, and this. Like, y'all have to step it up. Are y'all not tired of getting y'all's asses kicked and losing these games? And not to say, you know, that like that everybody on the Texans defense besides J.J. Watt is like, you know, whatever, not not working hard or whatever. I, I, they obviously had to work hard to get to the league, but – Right, There's a reason that J.J. Watt has lasted as one of the best defensive players in the league as long as he has, and that's because he puts that extra work in. And there's a reason that he was pretty much calling them out in interviews. Yeah. You know, post-game interviews like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. you, you I, can't I, He definitely threw a lot of shade. That's that's for sure. Um. So, as far as this Texans team, like I said, the running backs, there's talent there. Uh, how they'll spread out all those carries and everything is definitely a mystery. Who knows? Philip Lindsay, scary. Uh, Nico Collins at wide receiver could be scary. Then they're, I mean, their offensive pass catchers are young. They lost Will Fuller. Who knows exactly what's going to happen with their, their wide receivers and all that stuff. Brandon Cooks, I've been seeing stuff that he could be out at some point. Who knows? I think that would be kind of a, a dumb move. Um, I don't really expect them to be any better or worse than last year. Don't expect them to be competing for the division. Any of that stuff, once the season starts winding down, they might be kind of, you know, head-to-head with 
the Colts and the Titans for like the first week of the season. First week <laughs> of the season. But uh I yeah, I don't I don't see them being anything crazy. And I just wanna say right quick, for if we have any fan any Jaguars fans, Texans fans, or Colts fans that listen to our podcast or watch us on YouTube, you know, just give us your thoughts on your team and what you think about their offseason moves, if you think that they've actually done enough to even have a chance to compete for, you know, the AFC South, you know, just give us your thoughts on them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like I was saying, you know, I, I just, I think they will be in that like four to six range, like, just like the Jaguars, um, with maybe a little bit more upside, which I don't know. That's, that's weird to say because there's Trevor Lawrence and all those young guys on the Jaguars. I think, uh, so I'm going to say four to six for those two teams. And then I'm going to say that out of those two, one of them could have sort of a breakout season and see a little bit more traction there now, than the other. I, I will say, as far as the Texans go, if Deshaun Watson is suiting up for the Texans and does play, obviously that makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah, yeah. In my opinion, because we've seen last year the dumpster fire that was going on down in Houston, and Deshaun Watson is a good enough quarterback that he can make things happen and keep that team in games. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, now moving on to the Colts, which to me, uh, give the Titans the r- biggest run for their money. I, I mean, mean, a lot of people are saying that they're going to win the AFC South. I don't – I just – I don't want to give away my thoughts about the Colts yet. <laughs> but they kept Xavier Rhodes, T.Y. Hilton, which is a questionable move. Mo Alley-Cox, a uh, good move in my opinion. Uh, and then Marlon Mack. I didn't say what I thought about Xavier Rhodes, but I think that's a good thing that kept him for them anyways. Uh, Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton, to me, that's two dudes that they probably could have kicked out the door. Uh, they added Carson Wentz and then drafted Quiddy Pay in the first round, which is kind of a scary rookie for them to have on their team. Um but that kind of comes as a result of them losing Danico Autry, Justin Houston. They lost a lot there on the defensive line as far as pass rushers. So they needed him, and then they drafted another guy. I can't remember exactly what his name was. But there to kind of replace that production. Um, and Pace definitely probably up to the task, I would say. Uh, he's, from what I've seen, a solid rookie. Uh, and then he that's exactly what he is. I mean, he's going to have those growing pains. And just like any rookie will, just like Caleb Farley will for the Titans. So who knows how that'll play out and how quickly he'll turn into the player that he can be. I mean, all these rookies are going to end up getting their welcome to the NFL moment. And, you know, obviously can't remember right off the top of my head when the Titans play the Colts for the first time or, you know, the second time. Might have to look and see about that. But there's a good chance that, you know, if he's out there, He's going to be getting these reps in, and you know he could be up to speed possibly yeah. by the time that they play. So you know, like you were saying, he could could possibly end up being a problem. As far as Carson Wentz goes, not not that worried about it. I mean, he's here's the thing. Last year we made this comment about Baker Mayfield about how you can't let Baker beat you. You know, we were kind of down in him, everything else. Obviously, they played the Titans. Browns played out of their minds and played really, really great. And they were good last year. I'm going to say they're going to be good again this year. And 
I think Baker is coming into his own, and he is turning into one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Not going to say, you know, don't think he's in top three, top five, anything like that. Definitely not. But, you know, he is getting better. And, but he showed us, or at least me, that he could do that. Wentz has been in the league a little bit longer. He's had a couple of down years, had that injury. I need to see that, like, he's going to have to prove to me that he's someone I need to worry about. Until he proves that to me, I'm not going to worry about him. I, I'm i kind of on the opposite end when it comes to T.Y. Hilton. I think it was probably a good move by them to keep him around because he just he brings that veteran presence back to that team, especially that wide receiver room. And if anything, he can just help these guys, these younger receivers learn even more and help them get better. Because you have Pittman who had like, what, one catch for six yards? Uh, like I can't remember exactly what he had, but he had like one touchdown last year. You know, Pittman they drafted thinking, I'm pretty sure some high hopes for him. And yeah, well, I still, in my opinion, I think he's going to be one of their best wide receivers this year. I think he's going to outperform uh, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I think he has a lot of a lot of potential there. Um, he did have one touchdown last year and 40, 40 catches, 500 yards and a touchdown. Okay. 40. So, I mean, so, not, not the greatest rookie season, but I think there's some potential there for sure. Uh, so, you know, I, that's, to me, it's just T Y Hilton's getting to that point where he's older and they, they could have done without him. And a lot of, in a lot of cases when that is the case, in my opinion, if you can do without him, you should do without him. And so I don't know why I think like that, but it's, that's just my opinion on it a lot no, of times. I mean, I get it. And, you know, obviously was joking around about, like, the one catch for six yards. I knew he had a touchdown, but it wasn't, I think, the season that a lot of people maybe expected yeah, yeah, from him. I agree. And, again, that's just why I see, you know, possibly that veteran presence of T.Y. Hilton bringing him back, like, these young guys need someone who can still lead them, help them out with certain things. I mean, the little things and just help them keep that confidence right. going because that's what can be the biggest difference. If you lose your confidence, then, you know, things start falling apart. You start dropping more, uh, you start dropping more balls, just making little mental mistakes and it just keeps adding up, adding up but you need someone that can reel you back in, give you that confidence, and that could be the game changer. I agree. I agree. Um, to me, the Colts, uh, their success offensively and really as a team relies on whether or not like Car- Carson Wentz can s- do a complete U-turn with his career because he had that season where he showed that he could be the guy. He can be that MVP caliber quarterback, um, but – he hasn't shown that since and Wentz has not shown that since uh, <laughs> to me I just I don't think he's a great decision maker I think he gets really shook under pressure so who knows what's going to happen he could come out and this new environment really be great for him but the Colts they're seeing new guys new faces uh at three main positions obviously we talked about the pass rush uh quarterback and then at left tackle Anthony Costanzo 
at left tackle. He retired. Eric Fisher is coming in, I believe, and going to replace him. So just those new faces at basically the three major positions in football, that's going to be something to watch with them. Uh, also, they didn't really do a lot with the, the massive amount of cap space that they had. I don't know if that's to save up for like DeForest Buckner and other guys that they have that are going to be come up, like Darius Leonard. I, um, I'm going to say probably so. And so me, they don't. To me, they don't really give the Titans like a big fight, but they're the most likely to give them a fight out of the AFC. I mean, honestly, they have the best AFC chance. South. Sorry, they have the best chance out of the yeah. three other teams, right? And I mean, one thing that we're looking over is Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. I mean, he's he has Derrick Henry like qualities almost. I mean, he is a really good running back, and you know that could be maybe that's where they try and get Wentz some success and help him turn things around is by relying on Jonathan Taylor in the backfield and you know setting up maybe more play action or something like that. I agree because I think when he had that good season with the Colts, I can't remember exactly who it was. Or he not the Colts, the Colts, sorry. No, uh, with, with the Eagles. I think <laughs> you've seen I, Into the Future here I, or something? <laughs> I hope not. Um, I want to say that they had a pretty good run game that year. So that could have been a factor because definitely since then it hasn't been as great. So that could have something to do with it. Who knows? Well, when – after going through all that, we both think that they're going to be the only team that gives the Titans a run for their money. And realistically, where do you expect them to be? Because for me, I think like eight to nine wins. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit more than that, just because I kind of realistically have the Titans anywhere from 11 to 13 wins. So I think the Colts could be in that nine to 11 range. Uh, just because that does keep it close. I mean, if both teams get 11 wins, then obviously it's going to come down to tiebreakers, different things like that. And, I mean, I just – I think they are the best team in the AFC South to give the Titans a run for the money for the crown of AFC South, AFC South champions. Yeah, I see the Titans um, stacking up about 10 to 12. And then – so the Colts kind of right there behind them with that – like eight to nine. So I, I think it's going to be close. I think uh, I'm going to say exactly what I said last year. I think that the Titans will go five and one in the AFC South, and that one game will be dropped to the Colts. I, I really think that's the way it'll go down again. We're pretty much thinking along the same lines then. If I realistically sit down, obviously my heart wants to say six and oh, they're going to sweep the AFC South this, this year. But there always does seem to be at least that one game that we the Colts have a good defense, and they and do. So and that's the point that, that can I was play a big get factor. At. You know, even though we don't really believe that Wentz is going to just catapult this team and make them crazy good, like we're not worried about Wentz, but they're good at running back. We also weren't worried about and, Old Man Rivers, so yeah, but we also could have done a lot better against him if our corners hadn't been playing 11 yards off the ball. Agree. So, you know, not worried about him that much, but they have a good run game and their defense. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 hey, it's crazy what a good run game and a defense can, can do for a team when it's used correctly and everything just kind of stacks up right on the right day. I mean, 
there's times where necessarily a, a great passing game doesn't matter. And right. I'm thinking that one time might they might just get the better of the Titans. And so that's why I'm saying five and one. And I'm realistically gonna go, I'm gonna go five and one too. And you know, just you mentioning that great pass game, we've seen what happened with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this past yeah. year. I mean, great pass game, but when you have a defense that's like the Bucks, the they can, Buccaneers just smothered them, dude. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Exactly. I mean, they just got absolutely killed, and it didn't help that their <laughs> offensive line was not good. It's just all around bad showing for the Chiefs. Really. It was seen a video on Twitter today of you know they had like three cones set up over in one spot, and then three cones set up in another. And oh it was yeah, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Running around, and it was saying uh, Patrick Mahomes preparing to run around when his O-line. Tra- training when his O-line fails again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's seriously, though, how he was running around in the Super Bowl. Uh, like, no was, joke. And then he was almost making – like, there were so many times that it was almost, like, the best throw in Super Bowl history. So I mean, there were several dropped yeah. catches that, you know, like you said, would have been contender for – Exactly. Like he's, he's parallel with the ground, and it's like even though the Chiefs are sucking in this game, it's just like confirmation. Mahomes is here to stay, right? And it's just funny because still don't think they would have won the. You know, I don't think they would have won the game or changed the outcome of the game if those catches had been made. But they'd have been a lot closer. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's pretty much, I guess, how I see the Titans stacking up. And, and mainly, you know, we're always talking about the Titans in every episode. And so I, I thought it was important since, the, I mean, not necessarily the bulk, but as, there's no other teams that you play twice a year other than the teams in your division unless you meet a team with, in the playoffs. Um, so six out of the 17 games ends up coming from the AFC South. So I think it's important to talk about them, keep up with them, and, and well, just stay up with, with how those teams are looking. And it's important to talk about because if the Titans do well enough against, you know, in those six games, I mean, you're talking about pretty much an automatic playoff spot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen that with the NFC East last year. I don't think any of those teams were above 500, but obviously one of them still has to make the yeah. playoffs. Well, and behold, I think so, it was the Redskins. It was? Yeah. No, or, oh, football, football team. team. Sorry. Whoa. whoa, whoa. whoa. Uh, Sorry about gonna that. Going to get us canceled. That, that, that's habit, okay? From literally eight, 19 years of my life, them being uh, the, don't, yeah, don't, and now they're the football team. Don't get us so, canceled. So, um, yeah, so now they're the Washington football team. They made the playoffs and sucked. So that's why the division is important to me. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, like you said, we talk about the Titans – Every episode. And there just we, wasn't a lot going on. We've talked about all the moves that they've already made. Right. So, I, like you said, I think it's important to look at these other teams in the AFC South, see what they've done to, you know, what they hope will improve their team, and just give our thoughts on it and see if we think that it's they've done enough that it can make a huge difference or not. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, we've kind of – went over how we think the Titans are going to stack up basically in the division. I mean, they're probably going to be on top if nothing major changes. And 
You know, I, I seriously think it's Titans, Colts, and then switch the bottom two around however you want to, and that's the way it's going to go. Right. I, right. In my opinion, now that I've sat here and thought about it some more, probably Titans, Colts, Jags, and Texans, I would say. I think that's probably I, I, I probably think the best assumption. I think that's how it's going to break down. All right, well, that's all we got for this episode. Thanks for listening. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up. Tighten up.